Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, here we are. We're we're at the summit now. Tonight, today, this morning, whenever you're tuning in and watching, we now are at the tail end here of Isaiah chapter 40. And uh, I, I like to think of it as the summit of chapter 40. Uh, these last couple of verses, last few verses. And uh, I want to invite you right, just let's just get right to it. Isaiah 40, open your Bibles. Uh Just that quick reminder to set up the context. Isaiah is speaking to those who have been living in captivity. They were plagued, the Israelites, the people of God, plagued with uncertainty, living with uh, frustrations and fears and doubts and filled with questions for God, like, how long, Lord? And like, when, Lord? And like, why, Lord, right? And I'm just kind of guessing that that we kind of can identify with the people of God, the Israelites back then. We can relate to the language, the feelings uh, that Isaiah expresses. Just look at verses 29 and 30 in your Bible. Listen to, to these adjectives, words, as he describes who we are, what we're feeling. He uses the word weak, tired, powerless, exhausted. These are the words he's using to describe the people of God. And it makes me think of where we live. We are tired of COVID exhausted by this alternative facts culture that we live in, weary of church online, experiencing fatigue of decision-making and planning and then canceling plans and pivoting. We're a weary people. We're a people that need strength. We're a people that, uh, in some ways, maybe even feel kind of burned out at this point. And we're, we're, we're saying, God, help us. God, give us more power. Give us more strength. And so the good news is that's how Isaiah ends this chapter, chapter 40. I just love it. And maybe before I, I, I dive into this last verse, I want to just have us, I, I was thinking about this this week, that it's not always good for me to trust my feelings. So even though I might be feeling like giving up, feeling super frustrated, feeling really tired, you know, it's not, feelings aren't always trustworthy. The promises of God, however, can be depended on. The promises of God are reliable. The promises of God are trustworthy. And so listen to Isaiah chapter 40, In verses 28 and 29, Isaiah reminds us that God never grows weak or weary. God, he never grows weak or weary. Isaiah also says that God gives power 
to the weak and strength, strength to the powerless. Just soak in that. God gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Just let that sink in right now. And then verse 31. And those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Some of you back in the 70s and 80s, you remember that song? We used to sing that. But here's what he goes on to say. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know what Isaiah says? There's, there's actually several benefits to the people of God turning their hearts toward God and waiting, uh, trusting him, putting their hope in him. I mean, again, just go back to the text. When we wait upon the Lord, it says we gain new strength. We may feel weak, weary, intimidated, overwhelmed, but when we wait, we exchange our weakness for his power and strength. We get a better perspective, Isaiah says. He says, we will mount up with wings like eagles. Like eagles. Isn't that an interesting metaphor that he uses? Eagles. You know, the eyes of eagles, they are designed specifically, God designed, to see for miles, long distance. They can look down at a lake on a clear day from miles away and spot fish. Isn't that incredible? They have a, a different perspective than we do. And I think when he says that we're going to mount up with wings like eagles when we wait upon the Lord, you know what happens? God gives us a different perspective. We gain an advantage. We see our situations differently. That's one of the benefits of waiting on the Lord. We also gain extra energy. We will run and not grow weary, or we will run and not get tired. Notice that it's future tense, the word that Isaiah uses. So when we have to pivot again, change our plans again, whatever it is, again, what's Isaiah saying? He's saying, the Lord gives us a second wind, a second wind. And, and those of you that are uh, athletes, those of you that are runners, those of you that, that, that know you push through and you get that second win and it becomes effortless again. It's just such a beautiful experience, that extra energy that God, what Isaiah is saying, he'll infuse us with that extra energy. And then what does he say? He says, we'll also, we'll walk and not faint. We gain a, a deeper determination to not give up, to not quit. We're not gonna fall down. I think the Passion Translation says, right? And I, I think about running the LA Marathon and, and why is it at mile 20 to 23? That's where all the fans are cheering you on. And I remember when I hit like mile 20, 21 and just going, I don't know if I have what it takes. And, and seeing a bunch of Ocean Hills people with signs and clapping and cowbells and cheering us on. And it was it was like new energy, but it also was the, 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 the voice, the reassurance. You're going to do it. You got what it takes. You can make it. Keep going. And I think what Isaiah is saying to us is when we wait upon the Lord, God cheers us on in our race. God's there 
believing in us. God's saying, don't give up, persevere. I will be with you. I will give you strength for this journey and for this race. So I'm going to pause for a second because it begs the bigger question. Okay, John, you're telling us we need to wait upon the Lord. Look at the benefits of waiting upon the Lord. But the question is, how do I do that? How do I? What does that mean to wait upon the Lord? Some translations say hope in the Lord. Others say trust in the Lord. But I want to just go after that because it's important to understand the meaning of this word. Let me tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that we're passive. It does not mean that we sit back, kind of twiddle our thumbs. We're at a stoplight, and we're just waiting for the green light. We're, we're, we're passive. That's not what the Hebrew word means. In fact, I have here in my notes, the Hebrew word most commonly translated as wait is kava, which also means to tie together to twist together, to entwine, to wrap tightly, to braid. This beautiful metaphor, right? Concept of waiting upon God. It looks like us braiding and entwining our hearts to his. And when we do that, our strength is renewed. We receive power from the Lord God Almighty. So how do we wait practically? You know what I did this week? I interviewed some staff people. I interviewed some of our leadership team. And I came up, I'm going to just share some of the reflections. Uh, they came in three categories. One, the way we wait upon the Lord is it's time together. It's that chair time. It's that soaking in scripture, in creation, uh, in worship, putting on music in your house or tuning into church and, and, and settling in and watching this and worshiping. Listen to this quote from Heather Walker. She's on our leadership team. She said this when I asked her, what does it look like for you to wait upon the Lord? She said, I need to slow down and wait. And something happens that I know he loves. I become more reliant on him. I talk to him constantly. I talk to others about him and I dwell in his word. Sometimes I leave still feeling empty or confused, but most of the time I reconnect with the person of Jesus and the decision or next step gets reframed. I change my perspective entirely to an eternal one. I leave his presence feeling so filled up or awestruck or in tears by his love for me that it renews my strength to keep going to keep waiting. And then listen to this line. She says, the weight of the weight lifts. Love that. Thank you, Heather, for that insight. Time together is how we wait. Time together with the Lord. The second is a tender heart towards the Lord, where we keep our heart tender and soft uh, rather than hard and stubborn. We pour out our heart to God in in prayer, we draw near to God. The Bible says, and when we do that, he'll draw near to us. Uh, it's not going through the motions, but it's authentic. It's real. Danelle Stewart, she's on our leadership team. She said this, how do you wait upon Lord? She said, through prayer. Prayer provides a conduit for intimacy with the Lord. And then our own uh, Casey Yardley, director of worship arts. Here's what she wrote. Waiting on the Lord looks like breath prayers, 
often written in my hand or wrist or on the bathroom mirror over the kitchen sink. Time, first thing in the morning in the Psalms, soaking in the Psalms, and worship music on repeat all day long. I love that. So it's time, it's it's this tender heart toward God rather than a hard heart. And then it's trusting and obeying. That's how we wait upon the Lord. We actually walk in his steps when we're waiting for an answer, for prayer. Uh, we're seeking his face. We're, we're waiting on the Lord. It's turning towards him, seeking his ways and walking in his ways. I believe that obedience to God is the pathway to the life that you really want to live. I love this quote by Craig Grishel. He's a covenant pastor back in Oklahoma. He says this, I believe Christians often perceive obedience to God as some test designed just to see if we're really committed to him. But what if, what if it's designed as God's way of giving us what's best for us? love that. And so I'm going to close with this thought. And it's the thought that it says, those that wait upon the Lord or they that wait upon the Lord, it's plural. We're in it together. That's what Isaiah says. And I asked Renee Curtis, who goes to our church, I asked her, what does it mean for you to wait on the Lord? And this is what she said. I love, I love this. Don't miss this. She said, having friends who wait with me, having friends who wait with me and pray with me. Now that renews my strength. We're in it together. So get around those if tables, women. And guys, get around the fire pits. Jump into the hikes. Jump into the cycling groups, the move groups. We have so many ways to be in it together and show up and be that friend who waits on the Lord with others and praying with others. Let me close us in prayer. And as I close my eyes, I invite you to close your eyes. And I ask you to take a moment to think, what's your takeaway? Where where did God turn up the volume as I was speaking to you this morning as we went through these last few verses of I What was it that God wanted you to hear? Father, I pray that, that that word, that verse, that phrase, that insight, that quote, uh, would get lodged in our hearts and bear fruit, that we would be good soil, that we would receive your word planted in us today and that we'd be responsive to it, that we would make choices to wait, to trust you and wait upon you daily. And then in just that mysterious supernatural way, we receive your grace and receive your strength, and receive your power to keep on keeping on, following you, loving well, and living generously in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.